Worship at Home, Sunday the 21st of January 2024, the third Sunday of Epiphany. Today's Gospel reading is from the Gospel of John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, The steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine, after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The story of the wedding at Cana, that miracle of Jesus turning water into wine, is so uh, well known that it risks becoming hackneyed. Certainly there are a lot of jokes about it in the Percy uh, Jackson film. Uh, I remember my brother making a joke about it. I'd only been at theological college for about a term when we were having a meal uh, to which he uh, proffered me some water and said, have they not taught you the trick with this yet? And even last week, perhaps because this is coming up, I saw on somebody's feed a picture of a supermarket um, uh, aisle. It's one of those aisles where all the little signs of what was uh, in, in, in the shelves uh, hang over it. So there was a sign that said water, but the shelves beneath it were all stacked with red wine. And the caption underneath saying Jesus was clearly here. But there's a lot more to this of course. This first uh, miracle of Jesus recounted here by a gospel writer John. There's a lot of symbolism in his piece uh, in his piece here. We begin on the third day. Where else have you heard about third days? So just as uh, we're about to, at the end of his ministry and the resurrection, here we are at the start of the ministry with that significance of third day. And there's a bit of a a contretemps between Jesus and his mother. Now, the translation of this is difficult because when Jesus speaks to his brother, mother, it literally translates as something along the lines of, uh, woman, what, you and me. So however we translate it, we need to put some more words in to actually make sense of it. 
some translators have um, gone to suggest that Jesus is having a bit of an argument with his mother here. What's this got to do with me, mum? My hour has not come. I'm not starting this yet. Then again, in this translation, woman, what concern is that to you and to me? It's a way of saying to her, look, we're both guests at this place. It's embarrassing enough that they've run out of booze. Let's not draw attention to it. But his mother has other plans and Jesus does follow in with that. Maybe this was what was meant to happen, that she was meant to give him a bit of a push to say, look, God's told me the time has started. And so here we come with the first miracle, a first miracle that we can only begin to know is going to start the rumour mill running, that this carpenter from Nazareth has performed an amazing miracle, helping save face for a family socially at a wedding event, not just by uh, creating um, the wine that they needed, but good wine. Uh, there is again symb- uh, symbology there of the generosity, the hospitality, the sweetness of uh, God's kingdom brought in by the Messiah here on earth. But there's a little bit more to this than that as well. It's worth noticing that John's gospel, which is written later than the gospels of Mark, Matthew and Luke, um, is, is very deliberately styled. Prayerfully, yes, but there's also something about our learning and, and what message we get from John. You see, John didn't recall as many miracles as the others. We tend to find in the synoptic gospels, things are slightly lumped together. Jesus is healing, Jesus is teaching. Um, and uh, here it's slightly different in that John has chosen only seven miracles that are recorded in the whole gospel. But each one is recorded as a sort of sign and then we see what happens from it. So we get teaching that, and then a miracle and then a result of how we can respond to this. By way of example, John records the feeding of the 5,000 then Jesus teaches he is the bread of life. He records the healing of a blind man. Then Jesus explains that he is the true light of the world. So looking at it in that perspective, what are we meant to make of the wedding in Cana? Well, actually, the answer is in the passage itself. Jesus performs this, his first miracle, and then we learn in verse 11, and revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him, or in other translations, trusted in him. So here is the sign, the sign of who he is um, in this first miracle recorded. And it is one that is shared, seen, believed and trusted in by his disciples. And so whether we are amused uh, by the memes and other jokes we read about the wedding of Cana, if we respond uh, to the very human, uh, the very humanness of the the, the tale that uh, there's a steward saying, but we normally serve the good stuff first and the rest when they're drunk and think, gosh, 
how very real that is, not just thousands of years ago, but now. Whatever we read and, and pick out of this account of the wedding at Cana, our response is what is important. And our response today can and should be the same as those first disciples of Jesus. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, and revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Jesus reveals his glory in countless miracles in our world and in our lives every day. So let's really see that glory and that light in Jesus Christ and trust in him today. Amen. Let us pray. We pray today, Lord, that the church may be a vibrant sign of God's life in every generation and locality, serving, listening, loving, with the human face of ordinary people, lit by the brightness of God. May we, in recognising the revealing of Christ's glory, be drawn to trust in him as Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Lord, today that the world's attention may be refocused on what is of lasting value, that in humility all in authority may hear the real needs, honour them and act on them, as we bring to mind those leaders, those places, the trouble across the world through war, oppression, greed, that bring us to moments of despair. Help us not to despair, Lord, or fear, but to trust in you that in our small actions and our witness, we can steward the earth well and pray continually for those who do live in places of tyranny or oppression, that your truth will shine into the darkness of those places. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray that all the households and neighbourhoods um, around us in our own lives may be alerted to the signs of glory around them in the ordinary daily miracles, that people will come to welcome Jesus as Lord and know of their purpose and need of him as we pray especially for those people we know for whom we believe the gift of faith would be the most remarkable gift in their lives today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those we know who are sick or ill, at home or in hospital today, those waiting for results or treatment those who are struggling with unseen illnesses of body, mind or spirit. We pray that all who are searching for God may realise his closeness to them, that his healing love may pour in the lives of those most in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
We pray, Lord, that the dying may turn to you today and be safely led through that last journey to the peace and joy of eternal life. And we pray that we may one day experience God's heaven. May we become increasingly aware of God's amazing love for each of us until our hearts are overflowing with thankfulness and praise. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the collect for the third Sunday of Epiphany. Almighty God, whose Son revealed in signs and miracles the wonder of your saving presence, renew your people with your heavenly grace and in all our weakness sustain us by your mighty power through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We share in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power of the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Worship at Home. If you would like to receive weekly links to my podcasts, you can get in touch through the website Spotify for Podcasters or directly at revlucylan at gmail.com. Goodbye.